From Bregman MD, where we're all about psych solutions, I'm your host, Linda Corley, and this is The Breakdown with Dr. B. The pandemic. Who could forget? Well, I could. I really could forget it. But anyway, Dr. B, that's how we met. And you were so busy with helping people through the stresses and strains of this time. In fact, because of what you were seeing with your patients, you coined a term that became wildly popular. Tell us about it. In March or so, I think it was 2020, um, that everybody started getting the vaccine. And then a lot of people felt much more comfortable about going out, doing whatever their life was. But I noticed there were people who were totally vaccinated and they were just totally fearful about, you know, going out of their quote unquote cave. So I started taking a look at, at these people um, about who wouldn't step out. And I coined this a syndrome called cave syndrome. And it really caught on. It went crazy from like the New York Times to Wall Street Journal. I mean, and you know why? It resonated with the world because no matter where you lived, from India to Antarctica, people were in the cave. Really? I had people in Islamic countries who said, yeah, that guy's right. This became a big deal. And it was never described before because in our manual, the DSM, there wasn't a pandemic 100 years. So they, they just didn't think about it. It is a form of agoraphobia, and these people are terrified to go out. Well, I know people today are now coming out of the cave because everything is so busy and crowded. Just go to any airport. It's standing room only. But there are some people that are still stuck in the cave. How do they get out, Dr. B? Okay, you got to have courage, okay? You know, it's like overcoming other fears. And uh, I think we need awareness, you know, like, you know, your friends and family and people that just aren't the same. They don't socialize. They don't get groceries. You know, we know. So we have to first try to take them by the hand and be empathic and slowly, you know, mindfully get them out now. But there's a percentage of people who will not respond to that. There's a real problem. And I think the uh, pandemic exposed, you know, their real phobia and they need some professional help. And those are the people we need to get them some help. Now, I want to introduce our next guest, Courtney Riley. And I don't know if she had cave syndrome because actually we're going to talk about something else. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Uh I had a form of it, but oh, I'll let you did. continue. I would say yes, uh, just because I went from being on maternity leave to being on lockdown. So I feel like I I couldn't really pinpoint which which had me a little more skittish to go into the real world. Was it was it the pandemic? Was it because I was on maternity? I was a mom to two young kids. So I was having a little bit of difficulty identifying why I was feeling so anxious to do regular day-to-day things that I would do, you know, prior to March of 2020. But, um, and then I, I see it around me as well, that everything that 
that Dr. V just described. And I always quote him. I'm like, you know what you have? Like I am a doctor. And then they (laughs) they become intrigued and they, they look it up and everyone just really identifies with that, that definition. Well, there was another term that came about at this time. And Dr. B, unfortunately, you did not coin it, but we'll, we can pretend like you did. And that was called pandemic baby. And I was talking to you, Courtney, the other day, and you were like, yep, I know what pandemic baby is. And, you know, you had like a one-year-old plus, and then you had this tiny, itsy bitsy newborn. Mm-hmm. I mean, you must've been going through pandemic baby big time. Explain to us what pandemic baby is. Well, I think, you know, some would argue it's pandemic babies born like either during the pandemic or like because they were conceived during. But for me, my pandemic babies are the ones that were already here, but were too little to know what, you know, the outside real world looked like in terms of seeing dogs on the street or meeting new people on a regular basis and um even like what the rain felt like um which sounds silly but we live in a condo on uh, like near surfside so we don't have a backyard we couldn't really use any of that as our sanctuary or you know as part of our our lockdown so my kids flipped out when they saw or felt rain for the first few times <laughs> so those very simple life everyday occurrences, especially in South Florida in the summer, they were just flipped out at anything what what that would be normal for a, a toddler that would have the chance to to play in the rain and puddles and rain boots or what have you. But they they were very, you know, uneasy at those very normal occurrences um, once things started to open up. Now, Dr. B, I wanted to ask you, this goes to show you, I mean, this really was an experiment almost, the pandemic, to show what happens when young children are isolated, right? And that shows you how important socialization is, right? There's no doubt. It's universal, you know, that everybody knows we got to get the kids out with other kids. We got to get them seeing other adults. And that is, you know, it's just within our culture and many cultures have the same. In other words, it's universal, the idea of socialization. Now, all of a sudden, because of the pandemic, which we hadn't had 100 years, we have, oh, the norm is isolation. Now, families that practice very strict isolation saw a, a real regression in the development of their kids. And the good thing is, if we get them help, they could come back. But there was a sharp decrease in the amount of social skills, of course, and other kind of developmental skills. So the pandemic really had an effect. And it's especially this type of isolation. Yeah, no, I know. And I had a friend uh, that had a baby that, for instance, went through the pandemic. And the first time she saw a man with a beard, she just lost it because she had never been exposed to other people besides her dad and her brother. So, you know, this kid was screaming with each milestone. (laughs) Poor child. You know, I think 
you know, that now people who are aware that they're out of the pandemic and they can socialize, we, we would hope that they're going to help the kids catch up. Courtney, how old are your babies today and how are they doing? They are going to be four and three in December. They thankfully, they went back to preschool or daycare uh, about a year and a half ago. Well, one had never been. The other one went back. And I will tell you that the initial shock of them being away from, you know, mommy and daddy for the first time in over 12 months was real. Um, I do think that my younger one, which I would have thought the flip side, my younger one had a more, I guess, easy time adjusting to being away where my older one, it's almost as though he, he shut down a little bit. So he, it was very obvious. He like was just nervous and he, he was taking things very personally and crying very easily. Uh, so of course there was very, there was very much concern on our ends. Like, oh my gosh, we didn't do enough while we had them home. I think that there was a, a little bit of a, a stunt when it came to my older child's uh, speech. Um, but now I do see since they've been in daycare for a year and a half, we've had to nudge ourselves as the grownups, right? As their parents to get out and about, because I I do think that some of our cave syndrome, so to speak, was hindering their development from a social standpoint. Um, we were, not going out as much just because it was, it seemed like such a task to leave with the kids. And finally, I'm like, we're, we need to, we need to do something because they were afraid of it was stranger danger across the board. Um, so with the combination of daycare, getting them around other kids and us starting to, you know, go to other friends' house, having play dates, taking them to different kinds of parks. They, they are finally, I think, on a good track. But there was a, a moment of concern for sure because it, it just seemed like there was a little bit of a delay because of, you know, the last crazy couple of years. Dr. B, um, any final advice on to add to what Courtney was saying on how to bring your baby out and get them to where they need to be? I mean, this even goes with mothers with shy kids. How can they get them out and, and meet all the, the milestones right on time? You know, I think we should take Courtney as a model because she's terrific. And she was very healthy about it. She knew Oh, we got to do this. I don't really want to do it, but we, and she methodically did all the things that her child missed, you know, from getting together with moms, getting together with the kids, going to parties, going to the park. It wasn't easy for her, but she knew it was the thing to do. And I know she's getting great results now. Good job, Courtney. And I'm so glad your babies are doing so well. I know they keep you very busy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes hard times, Dr. B, forces us just to be more creative. Thank you for joining us. And if you'd like to know more about this topic, just log on to our website at BregmanMD.com. And you're going to find loads of videos and blogs that will help you with whatever challenges you're dealing with. Thank you. From Bregman, M.D., 
You've been listening to the latest episode of The Breakdown with Dr. B. If you'd like more information or to speak to one of our top psychiatrists, just head to our website at BregmanMD.com to book a telepsychiatry visit from the comfort of your home. Hope you've enjoyed our latest podcast. Catch you next time.